Welcome to the ADHD Boss Podcast with Ellen Argo, where we help you make at least 100K more this year in your business with your ADHD brain. And today's podcast episode is called You Are Forgetting Something Important. I don't know about you, but I have been trying to figure out what my thoughts are that spark my anxiety. And oftentimes I find that this is my root thought. This is what sparks my anxiety. From this thought is where I worry that I'm going to let others down. This thought wakes me up at night. It keeps me from falling asleep at night. It starts my negativity spirals and drives the negativity spirals deeper. This thought does not come from the present self. This thought comes from ourselves worrying about the future. And many times it is using our past selves to validate our fears. When we come into the now, we are able to find solutions for those that need solved. And we also hold space for what doesn't even need to be solved. We, in the present moment, know exactly what we need to do to ultimately support ourselves. Remember, if we are worried, we are likely living in the future. If we are sad, many times we are living in the past. I like to use this as awareness for where my attention is being set. I can't do anything about the future, and I can't do anything about the past, but I have all the power in the present moment. So using sadness, anxiety, worry, and other negative emotions as my guide to where my mind is now, and that I can simply bring it back to now, the present moment. So there's a lot of things that are happening, right? Either me staying in bed at night or having empty space in my calendar. Maybe I'm on vacation or maybe it's 3.15 a.m. And the common denominator is this thought of I am forgetting something and the feeling that it brings up in me when I think the thought of I am forgetting something is always anxiety. When I'm feeling anxiety and thinking that I'm forgetting something, I bring up the times that I have let people down in the past. I think of everything that is going on what I could possibly be missing. I think of all the things that I'm not sure what to do about, things that I can't take action on, especially if it has anything to do with client stuff at 3.15 a.m. This also connects me into feeling like everyone thinks I am as irresponsible as I believe that I am because I truly believe and this thought perpetuates my disbelief in myself in every area of life. So ultimately, I don't do what I originally set out to do, which was sleep and or relax. Instead, I am taking actions fighting against my anxious self, self-defeating beliefs. I am further and further away from my truth and further and further away from my trust in myself or my abilities. Or in this moment, I can realize that I am thinking the thought that I am forgetting something and I can pause and I can ask myself, what is the worst that could happen? This thought has saved me a lot. My coach, my coach used to ask me this all the time. This is a helpful thought that when we are stuck in an all or nothing thinking, which something for us ADHDers, we're pretty darn good at doing. It's also called black and white thinking, which is also what instigates spirals or rumination. So when we are stuck in all or nothing thinking, let's bust out the what is the worst that could happen scenario. For example, my husband and I just did an event at a local shop. I didn't even think about the fact that my husband has no idea how to schedule or ring anyone up for the fashion tools that I brought along so that people could purchase them and begin their pain-free journey right away. So my husband in the back corner was pushing buttons as a person was staring at him trying to figure out my scheduling and purchasing system. 
I had completely forgotten until that moment, while I was still in presentation working on people, that he needed to ring someone up, and I had never taught him to do that. I am so used to everyone in my business, but especially my husband, just knowing everything that I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind that I would need to teach him that. The point to the story is so many things. There are always going to be things that come up that you can't even see as being a potential issue. And although we did lose a little bit of revenue and it didn't offset the expenses of doing the training, it wasn't a life or death situation. Instead, it was a great learning experience for us to write down and move forward. It is now a part of our process for getting ready for events to make sure that a few weeks ahead of time that we have everything ordered and that everyone that will be there is totally trained in everything that they will be doing with confidence in the future. Because I proverbially failed at being 100% successful this time, I now have a clear understanding of how I want to be and do in the future. So worst case scenario is I learned something. Yes, I lost some money in the short run, but most of the people ended up purchasing in our clinics still anyways. So truly, even then, it was more of a good outcome than negative. This is what I mean by asking yourself, what truly is the worst that can happen? Maybe it's I fall on my face, make, make, make people laugh, and learn how to not do it next time. Not too scary after all. A lot of the time, our brain goes to the worst case scenario without going all the way there. So you can experience the anxiety that you do experience the anxiety without the clarity. So I want to remind you, take it all the way there to the end of the scenario, and it allows us to really analyze and maybe even completely dismiss the thought entirely. For example, a fear of mine when flying on an airplane is that I'm afraid someone's going to throw up in the airplane. And this is really real for me. Then I can follow it up with, well, I have been on an airplane many times and I have never noticed this happen, even though I am sure it has happened. And in fact, I had a friend that got sick on the airplane and she was the person sitting right to my left. And I already had this fear before we even flew together. And I didn't even know. She told me at the end that, well, part of the reason she kept going to the bathroom was she was not, uh, she was sick. Um, and so even being able to go through this scenario, I can realize like even using my past experiences that it's going to be okay. Right. Um, I can follow it up with, well, I've been on an airplane many times and I have never noticed this happen, even though I am sure it has happened. I will just make sure I always have my headphones in so I don't hear if it is happening. And then instead of being worried for hours about this thing that is completely outside of my control from happening regardless, I have followed all of the way through my fear. And the worst case scenario is that I have my headphones in and my eyes closed, totally zoning out into good music or audiobooks, which, by the way, is exactly what I would be doing anyways. I now have no reason to be worried about someone getting sick on the plane. Another thing when I'm thinking the thought, you are going to forget something important, is a thought of, I'm going to let someone down, which brings up fear for me, and it makes it feel really important. And when I feel that me being afraid of letting someone down is important, I grasp onto it and I hold onto it so much tighter. 
This will continue for you to look at how you let people down in the past and all the things that you have forgotten. And this is not a pleasant road. So if you are worried that you're going to let someone down, or if you feel like you're alone and you've let people down in the past, look at the originating thought. Where is it coming from? And find that root source. And let's go through and let's find the worst case scenario and understand what it really looks like because our brain is occupying the worst case scenario without following through on it. And it's allowing, it's making us hold on to it so much longer than we actually need to. Ultimately, you let yourself down from this thought that you are going to let someone down. You don't let yourself recharge. You stay in the hustle. You don't allow creativity or the flow state. You are constantly taking action from fear, which, like I said many times before, is the root of burnout. When we take action from fear, fear of letting someone down, fear of forgetting something, fear of not knowing enough, fear of not having the right skill sets, fear of failure, all of this just drives more reasons to fear and way more disbelief in the self. It drives a wedge between you and your self-love. But I want to remind you that fear only shows up in the past and in the future. When we take that fear, go to the end of the worst case scenario, and once we are done with that, we bring it into the present moment, what happens? We take this thing that we are afraid will happen in the future. We have brought awareness to its likely impossibility, or at least made it feel much less paralyzing, and then we bring it into the light and the calmness of now. We see that all of those past experiences that we are making believe that we are going to fail in the future, that those past experiences that we were labeling as failures. In this present moment, we are able to see the beauty that we gleaned from them. In this present moment, we get to lean into love, lean into the lesson. We get to learn and do better. In the future, we just create more distrust for ourselves, more hate for our brains, in a place that it was one million percent illusion, and even our past is illusion. When we haven't allowed ourselves to forgive ourselves, where we haven't allowed ourselves to forgive ourselves. Have you ever asked a friend or a loved one about something in the past? Recently, I asked my mom, apologizing to her for the person that I was and feeling like I was a mean big sister to my little brother. She told me, you weren't mean. You're actually a great big sister. She she was in the same room, the same car, and it would have seemed that we would have similar experiences and reflections on what was happening. But in our own experiences, even in the exact places, doing the same things, our takeaways were completely different. I was mad at myself for being so hard on my brother. I was using my past self to believe that I was not a good person. The examples of these moments are endless, and I'm sure every single person, especially those that are reflective, understand this. You know what is so cool about this? The only reason that I care and that I'm worried about how I treated my little brother is because I love him, because I want to support him in every way possible, because I am a good person. This is another thing about the present moment. In the present moment, that thought is available to me. That, oh, the only reason that I'm using the past against me is because I am a good person. The exact opposite of what my brain, when it was emerged in the past, was trying to make me believe. Someone, when someone says words to you, such as, you are not a nice person, 
you can think, wow, in response, you're like, wow, maybe I'm not a nice person, which makes you feel terrible, right? In that place of, wow, I must not be a good person, you find evidence for times that you were not a good person. And in my own experience, just like the example above with my brother, many times we can find evidence that doesn't exist. I had evidence that I was a bad sister, even though other people around me experiencing the same thing would have disagreed. They thought I was a good person, even when I thought I was a bad person. I realized it was like, I have also found evidence that when I said it out loud or wrote it down, I realized it was said from someone in high school that was very much in their own sadness and projecting it on others. When I'm able to bring this thought of, I must be a bad person and bring it into the light and calmness of what is now, I can also see that when when they said that I was a bad person, I was able to show up in love. In that moment, even as a 16-year-old girl, I knew that they were just misunderstanding me, and I knew that I wasn't in that moment. Yet, when I needed proof of me not being a good person, I forgot that part, that I knew in that moment that I had my own back. This is an interesting thing of the mind. It will find proof when it really wants it. But just know, your hack is bringing it into the light of the now. If you don't bring it into the lightness of now, you could possibly continue to spiral on how you are a terrible person, how you are so alone. You won't see all the friends that you have that love and care for you. You won't see all the lessons that you have learned from this experience of someone else's reflection upon you. You won't see the beauty in you believing in yourself. Instead, you simply disconnect from yourself and you likely become a not very nice person. But it's important to remember that you are not spiraling because of what someone else said to you. You are not spiraling because someone misunderstood you. You are spiraling because you aspire to be a good person, a good loving person, and you have believed them and bought into their thought of, I must be a bad person. Of course, it's going to hurt when you are a passionate and loving person. When someone says you're not a nice person or whatever it is that someone has said to you, and it feels like a ton of bricks hitting your chest, it's something important for you to realize that it's only painful because I am the opposite. I am not that thing. And I get to choose how I make those words mean in my head. I get to hear those words of you saying I'm not a nice person, and in that moment, I can choose to hold space for that person and feel sadness and love towards them and seek understanding into how they could see that and even understand that there must be something serious going on in their life that they are not telling you. In this space, you bring it back into the present moment, this calmness. You have all of your control here, leaning into love where the only outcome is either learning to understand each other more, learning to respect each other more, or learning that we are not the right people for each other in our lives. All of these are positive outcomes. All are supporting ourselves in the now and in turn supporting ourselves in the future. When we take this approach, we create more love. We create deeper relationships, and we no longer need to please everyone, which is great for everyone. 
and we create more belief in ourselves and our abilities, which then helps us understand and hold space that we can't forget things. It doesn't mean, or that we can forget things. It doesn't mean that people are going to be hurt, that they aren't, that they're going to abandon us and leave us all alone, or that someday they're going to figure out that we're a terrible person. All of these big thoughts that myself and all of my clients seem to share. I want to say that we are experiencing it and sharing it so that you can know that you're not alone. A lot of the times I'll try to overcome feeling these emotions and worrying about forgetting something or letting someone down by overscheduling. And I had this belief that over overscheduling helps me from spiraling, making sure that every single minute of my life is scheduled will keep me from allowing myself to worry about forgetting something. And this thought keep that I am trying to control myself so I don't worry and forget about something creates distrust in my body. And when I'm feeling distrust and trying to wrangle myself from forgetting, taking action from worry and forgetting and distrust, I anxiously try to think of everything that I need to do. I worry about what I'm forgetting. I rush the process. I think of all the things that I have forgotten in the process, in the past. Forget my process. I don't believe in my ability to remember. I don't trust my ability to have my own back, for things to flow to me. I don't allow myself to have downtime. I just work super hard. I'm afraid of having the downtime so that when I do have downtime, I am programmed to feel even more distrust and anxiety, which ends up with me being super burnt out because I am taking all of this action from distrust. And when I am burnt out, I forget more things more often. Funny, right? So I can deliberately schedule every minute of my life because I've decided it's the best way to support myself. And I can schedule every minute of my life from a place of, I know everything that I want to get done this week. When I take action, when I think I know everything that I want to get done this week, I relax into trust, which allows me to plan fun things first. I plan naps, meditation. I make sure I have time for my morning routine, for my workouts, and I know what supports my mental health. Then I'll pull up my calendar and find all the important things that I need to remember. I use processes that help support my brain. I don't need to feel like I need to remember everything. I don't expect my brain to be a robot and remember every detail. I look forward to the things on my planner. I learn from my past week to see how I can support myself even better with scheduling. I look at where I am at on my cycle to see how my energy, how much energy I will have to help me decide how many appointments I can handle this week. And ultimately, I create more respect for myself and I build more and more trust for myself when I ultimately think I know everything that I want to get done this week, right? Look at those entirely different outcomes. Both of these are detailed schedules that I have used and and I have definitely used in both of these ways. 
I catch myself over scheduling myself all the time so that I don't need to be alone with my thoughts. But when I want to run away from my thoughts, you guessed it, I am in the future or the past. But anyways, back to the point. Scheduling every minute can have two very different outcomes, and it has to do with where you are taking that action from. What thought is driving your action? When you schedule because you don't believe in yourself and you think you will fail without it, well, that's no fun. You are going to probably not schedule as much fun stuff and instead schedule a lot more of the busy work, especially since you are running from emotions and being a failure. When you schedule out your week from a place of trust, you validate your trust and you trust your body. You build in more time to reflect, to relax, because you have nothing to run away from. And of course, throughout the week, we will have a mixture of emotions. You will go back and forth between trust and distrust. This is normal. Even the most mindful, and even after years of positivity and trust, you will not be in trust 100% of the time. It's just the way it goes. So be soft on yourself. When you are in the space of fear that you are going to forget something, that you're going to let someone down, first ask yourself, what is the worst case scenario? Follow it all the way to the end and then bring it to the present moment. What can you be grateful for about this awareness? What is in the now? If you love this podcast, we would love your review or a share with a friend. If you are ready to jump in, create change, and make money with your ADHD brain this year, let's jump on a complimentary coaching call. Go to ellenargo.ck.page and you can go or you can go to ellen.argo on Instagram. There is a link in my bio to book your complimentary one-on-one coaching session. And I cannot wait to see you soon. Bye, friends.